0: This is On The Grid, powered by theracetalk.com, on mypodcasthouse.com. G'day everyone, and welcome to another episode of On The Grid, here on mypodcasthouse.com, or whatever you're listening to us on, on iTunes and the like. Thank you for joining us again this week. Thank you to our great friends... At Truck Assist, of course, who have come on board as a sponsor of not only us, but also our proud partner. Of course, we are powered by theracetalk.com. So we thank Truck Assist for all their work. Going to be plenty to do with them over the next few weeks, especially heading into the Enduros and Jack LeBrock as well. So look forward to doing more with Truck Assist over the next few weeks. Joining us in just a sec, Joel Rogers will join us. We'll have a chat to Tony Alberto. Plenty to talk to Tony about in regards to the world of TCR, endurance racing and the like. And then Mark Walker to join us after that with a preview for Coe coming up this weekend. All that to come right here on The Grid, powered by theracetalk.com. As we say g'day to Dale Rogers from TheRacetalk.com. Hello, Dale. Tony, hello, mate. Nice mate, to be on again. Lovely to have you on as well. Unfortunately, Richard can't be with us today. He's making his way over to New Zealand as we record today for what should be a uh, a big weekend of racing over there at Pukekohe. We're going to have a chat to this man about that and also other things as well as we say g'day also to Tony Delberto. Hello, Tony. Wow, I'm good. How are you guys? We're excellent, What's I believe. Nice, do uh, is you're a, you're a busy man at the moment uh, for a guy that hasn't got a full-time drive you got enough to mm. keep you going though and uh one of the one of the main things i suppose that's on the calendar for you and is going so well is uh TCR racing you're there with wall racing in the Honda Civic Type R car tell us all about the TCR racing and uh, how much you enjoying it
1: i am actually really enjoying it and it's probably the or well, it's the first time probably in about 5 years that i've i've done a sprint championship before i've actually had the car to myself I haven't had to share with somebody else and obviously doing the supercar stuff with Fabs is amazing um, I've done a lot of GT racing over the last few years as well but just to have the car to myself and um, it's obviously a new championship to Australia uh, and a front wheel drive category that we don't have any experience with so that's been really really challenging uh, we've been learning a lot each time that we go out there um, but we've had a pretty good year so far you know we, we've put on poles at the start of the year there uh, we've had a few podiums now as well. We're third in the championship. So it hasn't all been bad, but there's certainly room for improvement. We're, we're trying to tick off uh, a couple of wins before the year ends as well.
2: Tony, so it's probably pretty well known that ARG has have, have, you know, come in and done a really good job on, on not only packaging this up, but a, a number of other series and also taking some category management. On. Uh, as you say, some new things have started, but you have to say the cross the various tracks that these cars have run on um, out-of-the-box has provided some really scintillating racing, haven't
1: they? They certainly have. I mean, the, the parity is obviously very close, and that's um, a worldwide parity. Um, we obviously know TCR is all around. I think it's in 16 different nations. Um, so that side of things is really well looked after. But the parity is close, but it also have um, different makes have different strengths. So, for instance, with the Honda, uh, we're probably one of the better handling cars, uh, a high speed aero sort of circuit, but we actually lack quite a bit of straight line compared to some of the others. So we're finding that, you know, we can do a lap time in qualifying that's almost on pole every time, but when we get racing, sometimes the tracks don't quite suit our strength mm-hmm. and they suit mm-hmm. other people's. And I suppose that's the beauty of having a category that has parity, but not to the point where it's follow the leader and you can't do anything about it like we see in other forms of motorsports. So Mm -hmm. um, the racing, though, has been really tight. Um, And the one thing that I've found, you know, these cars don't have a a huge amount of power. So momentum comes into it. And, you know, you make a little mistake, it really hurts you. So you've got to drive the car really well to not only do a lap time, but also manage tyres over a race, um, you know, gain position and defend as well. So I found the racing quite intense. And, um, you know, I think that that's really going to sharpen me up as a race driver and get me ready for some of these bigger races later in the season.
0: I think one of the things that I've loved about the category so far, Tony, is that mix of uh, drivers uh, across all the, the brands of the cars, uh, the impetuous youth of Dylan O'Keefe and Willow Brown, the experienced drivers, Bridie, yourself, Garth Tander, guys that have been around for a while, the girls who are really starting to make their yeah. mark in the category as well. There's such an eclectic mix of, uh, of drivers and, and cars. It's just, it, it's exciting.
1: It is exciting. You know, recently we also had Russell Ingle come in and do a few rounds yes. and he's been a star performer straight out of the box. So, um, And, yeah, obviously Will Will Brown, he's uh, won quite a few races now and same as Dylan there. But, you know, there's, there's quite achievers out there. Aaron Cameron has been doing a great job in the Volkswagen. Um, so, you know, there's, there's heaps of talent in amongst some experienced guys as well. And I think, you know, with having variety, um, and myself as well, and, and Russell, um, Garth, it's a bit of a yardstick, I guess, for some of the younger guys. Um, but i tell you what, they're, they're, um, they're not slow, and they're, they're willing to have a, a big crack as well. So they're keeping us on our toes as much as we're keeping them on their toes. So um, it, it's been really varied, and, and as I mentioned, like, depending on what track we go to, we get different strengths for different cars, and suddenly someone that hasn't quite been performing that strong. We saw a winter in the last round. Uh, Andre Heimgartner put on the front row with the Astra, and you know they haven't been that that quick all year. You, you also got James Moffat and Chris Pither in the in the Renaults and you know they've popped up there quite a few times as well. So all the way up and down the field, everybody at some stage has been at the front. They've been mixing it for the for a podium, and it's just really good to see that. Um, no matter what car you're in, you've got a chance at a particular circuit to get a podium and or take that win.
2: It's an interesting model, Tony. I mean, motorsport around the world uh, talks about manufacturers and involvement. Mm. The manufacturer model in this, this category is quite different, though, isn't it? Because it really is a manufacturer's support role. So Honda is supporting you to a degree. Renault have now stepped up and put a little bit into Gary Rogers Motorsport. So mm. it, it actually is a formula that manufacturers can get involved with um, not at the level of perhaps they have to at, at other categories, including supercars, but all sorts of other categories where manufacturers have to really rattle the can. So I guess we could well see, although we've got eight brands on the, on the, the grid now, we could mm. well see a number of manufacturers in Australia returning to motorsport, which I guess really has got to be a good thing.
1: Well, I think it goes it, uh, you know, to show you know, having Honda have some involvement this year. You know, they haven't been in motorsports in Australia for quite a few years. They were involved in a rally program a little while ago and uh, they haven't been involved since. They've also got a massive presence in Formula One um, and other categories around the world. But, um, you know, this year's very much been towing the water for those guys. Um, But they've been enjoying it as well. So I've sort of brought them along for the journey and, um, you know, they can see some of the benefits and excitement around the category. But, you know, TCR, it's very difficult to compare TCR and supercars because budget is is very different. And, uh, you know, you're not comparing apples with apples. But I think, you know, the the cars are fairly affordable uh, and the budget required to go racing isn't horrendous either. You know, we all know about motorsport and and how expensive it is. So, um, but the interesting thing is, say, for instance, Honda, they can't go and run a team. Uh, Renault can't have a factory team. So they're supporting local race teams, uh, and that's the way the rules work. So they can have some sponsorship, but it's got to be run by an independent team. I think that's where it's a little bit different to Mm. some other categories Mm. around the world.
0: And Mm. I think the great thing about it is, and uh, you were obviously around in these days, Dale, when they spoke about win on Sunday, sell on Monday. That's definitely what this category (laughs) is uh, Is isn't able to do for manufacturers who get involved. Once it gets bigger and once it gets a, a bigger profile, The profile's nice now, but obviously it'll want to get bigger, these mm-hmm. cars will win on Sunday, and hopefully people go out and buy them on the Monday.
1: That's right. I mean, for instance, you know, the, the Type R is very similar to the race car, um, obviously, in looks, and it's something that, you know, people can relate to a little bit more. But, you know... I it's, it's, come back to the supercar um, analogy. They're, they are purpose-built race cars. And while they do sort of have a bit of DNA around them, um, there's not heaps that actually is part of the road car. Um, but I think it, it attracts a different crowd. And I think that's probably more where mm. the, yeah. the excitement is. You know, um, you know, somebody that owns a, a Type R or Renault McGahn isn't somebody that might buy a a Mustang or something like that. Mm. So it's just a different crowd and it's probably a younger crowd in many Mm. ways as well. So the interesting thing is we're getting uh, car clubs coming to the event, Um, you know, come and watch the racing. So there is a a lot of interest there and I think, you know, it's come out of the blocks pretty hard or pretty fast, I should say. Uh, It'll just be really interesting to see how, you know, over the next few years, how it can really survive uh, because it's got to come a point where, you know the category supported by manufacturers or sponsorship, and as we know in Australia, it's very, very tough um, to try and raise that sort of money going going yeah. forward. So it's exciting. It's all heading the right direction, and um, I think it's got a lot of legs. Uh, but I think the next few years will really tell.
2: Tony, the um, you mentioned at the beginning that, that it's it's a, it's a great thing to keep your own, and you've been doing a lot mm-hmm. of racing in, in TCR GT. So we move now to to where the uh, the real interest, I suppose, in motorsport is, and we have a very strange endurance series by the fact that we're kicking off at mm. Bathurst. With your racing <laughs> program this year, and obviously a lot of the other co drivers diving straight into Bathurst, must must set you guys up very well to say, "Well, I'm race ready. I'm race ready. I, I didn't need that Sandown 500 to get me going." So you to be really quite confident going to the with that that you're in a you're in a good good position. We are in a
1: good position. I mean, there's no doubt that the Shell V-Power guys are you know, the best team on the grid at the moment. They're first, second of the championship. The, the cars are really quick. And the guys in the team do a really good job of getting everybody ready for those events. Um, but I, you know, I do play my part as well. And, and that's getting, doing as much racing as I can outside of supercars. And you know, the TCR program and GT racing, it all you know gives me race fitness, keeps me sharp um and I'm really hoping that you know going to Bathurst for the first enduro is just going to be like going to another race meeting but um to say that it's not it's just another race is is probably downplaying it you know it is our grand final it's it's all the one that everyone wants to win there's uh there's a lot that goes with that event so um was a nice little leader but I don't think it's uh it's going to be a problem going to Bathurst either I've I've done quite a few batters now. I'm showing my age a little bit, but I think it's 13 or something like that. So um, I've been around a little bit, I guess, and, and it, it doesn't intimidate me going to batters for the first one. I've already done the 12-hour this year. Um, so, yeah, I, I think preparation-wise, um, I'm the best that I, I could possibly be.
0: Next year it'll be different. We'll have the benders the lead into Bathurst, uh, so it'll be back to sort of normal to an extent in in regards to having that uh, that warm up endurance event. But I love this. I I really love the endurance series starting with Bathurst, and they do it in NASCAR, don't they? When they start with the Daytona Five Hundred. Yeah,
1: they certainly do. I mean, it's it's just um, it's the excitement around Bathurst. Even if it was the last event on the calendar, it'd still be a really exciting event. Um, but, you know, Tail and Bend next year, that's going to be a, a great event as well. I mean, I've done breaks there a couple of times now in the GT car, and each time I go back, I learn a little bit more and I enjoy the circuit more and more. So, I think in a supercar, it'd be quite tricky to drive around there, um, but it's definitely an amazing facility there uh, out of Tailand and Bend. So, I'm already looking forward to that uh, to that event. Earlier this year, when I raked the GT car there, Fabs texted me and said, Looks like they're going to be doing enduros next year, so learn as much as you can. You know, Make sure you know the circuit and you're ready to go. So, um, yeah, looking forward to that, um, very much so. But we've got a big job ahead of us now. We're going to have these uh, back to Gold Coast and Sandown ahead of us. And it's an exciting time of the year for me. I mean, I wait all year. I see these guys getting all these amazing results during the year. And I'm sitting on the sidelines just waiting for my turn. So um, we're almost there, almost there.
3: It's uh, it's year four, Tony. If you goes out and and
2: and uh, you start obviously with Scotty in sixteen, yeah. Uh, you and Luke were both there, and uh, you you retained the Um uh, mm. Moved off to, to try with Davey, but, but it, it, it's really now after that time, it must be you must be very proud of the fact that you you've really become part of what is the best team on the grid, and you're a very very important part of that now. That must be for you personally must be very very good from your point of view.
1: Yeah, it's amazing. You know, the, to see the growth of the, the team over the last four or five years has been incredible. You know, the, there's um, been a clear direction of what they're trying to set out to achieve and um, to see what they've actually achieved is, is amazing. And, yeah, I mean, I've got to pinch myself. Um, you know, I can't really believe that I'm part of the team and, you know, we obviously had our own physical team back in the day and we're very much a privateer team. So to, to be racing now is one of the biggest teams in the country and, you know, one of the biggest teams in the world, really, with Penske, uh, is amazing. And I'm learning a lot and seeing how they go about their their racing and um, it's really impressive to be part of. So I want to try and stay there as long as I can and um, that's why I'm going to try and do the best job I can and, uh, you know, each year I'll, that's all I've sort of focused on and, um, yeah, fortunate enough to get a tap on the shoulder, that's you know green light for the following year. So that's uh, that's the goal. there see how we go.
2: Now, uh, Rogers one thing, uh, Tony, just one thing I was going to ask you, Tony, is that uh, uh, sorry, other Tony. Was one thing is that, that you always, no matter what happens, you will go down in history as a Penske driver, and that's uh, that's that's a pretty important status in global motorsport
3: to have that against receiver. It's
1: oh, very cool, you know. Um, to to be involved with that group and uh, the, the success that they're having across the world is, is phenomenal. Um, you know, we'd like to try and get uh, a big win for them this year at us, There's no doubt in that. Uh, one, of us would love, one of the cars to do it, obviously my car.
3: <laughs>
1: but, um, yeah, I mean, they're an amazing organisation and, and when they, they often send little mementos or a little book about the history of Penske or what they're up to, um that 's really cool, and it you know rises in your mailbox at home and or a Christmas card or something from roger um that 's pretty special you know it 's not every day that you have that sort of connection with someone that's so successful and looks up to so many different people in different categories and they still think of you back in Australia and your the real role that you play with their race team.
0: A Christmas card from Roger. <laughs> <laughs> That's nice to say. now, Dale Rogers, you're a bit of a you're a bit of a mongrel because I heard what you did there before, and I, I don't think you've taken any further. You mentioned to Tony that he was fortunate enough to keep the contract at uh, DJR Team Penske while Luke Youlden wasn't. Uh, but you, Luke Youlden actually went on to win a Bathurst. No, no, I think he
2: moved on. So I'm not having a go at Luke because I also know Luke really is a great player. No, but no, but with, yeah. with the two K, with the two K drivers that was there, I just, my point was. Yeah was a, a said in Tony's camp that he was
0: the one who was
1: the same. my well, part, because, you know, because when, French,
2: Frenchie was always coming with
1: <laughs> <please>. <laughs> when um, when Scotty Pye moved on uh, to what was sure racing I thought that was to be honest the end because you know it was fabs and and Luke had such a great relationship and have been together forever so I didn't didn't even think that it was you know possible Um. Yeah, I suppose Luke, you know, went on the next year and won Bathurst with Dave Reynolds. <laughs> he, uh I don't know who got the better deal, but uh, we actually were on the podium with him at Bathurst that year, and yes, it, was, yes. it was quite special. So it was a little bit weird, but
2: <laughs>
1: it was just, it was cool. So obviously, you know, Luke and um, we had a great relationship there. And I remember when we were, we first got signed, and we were like. Like kids in a candy store. Honestly, we're like, this is amazing. This is going to be the best mm. year ever. So, you know, crazy that we're racing for these guys. And, um, yeah, I'm I, like I said, I'm I'm very happy that I'm still there. but I don't think we've got uh, the second prize. That's for sure.
0: No, no doubt about it. And Tony, quick you you mentioned that uh, you did have your privateer team a while back in supercars. Do you look back mm. at that time now, knowing what? You've seen it at, uh, at the Shell V Power yeah. Racing team and at others, and think to yourself, how the hell did we do it? How the hell did we even compete <laughs> at the level that we were at compared to where they're at now?
1: Oh, look, I don't, I don't know whether we could compete the, the level it is now. You know, that was uh, quite a few years ago now, but it does make me laugh at times when, um, you know, I look at how well the drivers are looked after and um, the, the detail that these teams go to. Uh, to get a result, and we weren't able to go to that detail um just you know purely not because we didn't want to because the funding um was so difficult to to get so um i i I am like cancel when I walk around DJ intensity because um they they don't uh, miss anything you know and and though you would know that there's so much effort and work that goes in yep. getting those cars right yep. um and it is an eye-opener because we, we were not at that level whatsoever. So
0: um, we did the best we could and
1: you know punched above our weight and all that sort of stuff, but you can certainly see why we weren't able to take it to the next level.
0: So are you are surprised now about single-car teams and how they still compete at this level, Tony? It, uh, teams such as um, – there's, there's a few out there, I won't mention them, but obviously there's a fair disparity, uh, disparity between those teams and the larger ones.
3: Yeah, probably the
1: team that stands out to me would be Brad Jones Racing. You know, they they don't really have an affiliation with, you know, Triple Eight or, you know, another team. They sort of do their own thing in many ways. Um, and, you know, they don't have somebody at the top there that can top up their budget if, you know, they haven't got sponsorship uh, secured for the team like some of the other teams. Yeah. Um, so they, they are very resourceful and... You know, Nick Perkett's well inside the top uh, 10 in the championship, and we've seen Slady have wins before as well. So, you know, they're really competitive, um, and I think they do it on probably uh, uh, probably quarter, half the budget. You know, mm. I, I don't know the exact numbers, but they're very resourceful, and they, they do get great results considering all that.
2: So just just to finish, I think in you, 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 the other thing you have and you mentioned was you have run the GT championship, The championship is in a little bit of turmoil at the moment. There seems to be a lot of questions mm-hmm. being asked about its future. Obviously, you've had a good run. Uh, mm-hmm. You've driven with, with Max this year in in the Merck and you've, you've driven Ferraris before. And obviously, a category you enjoy. Where is it going in your in your opinion?
1: Ah, oh, it's a really tough one. Um, you know, a few years ago when I was driving the Ferrari with with Grant Denyer. You know, there's 20, 30 cars on the grid. You know, I remember seeing a photo of the start line at Sandown and there was, you know, 30 plus cars and it was really, really strong and that wasn't that long ago. Yeah. And, you know, the last round at Tail and Bend, I think we had about eight cars something like it was just, you know, terrible. The, the The level at the front is still strong. I mean, we, we had, you know, Beardo, Tanda, Van Gisbergen. and, You know Dom's story, all these top guys battling out of the front, but there's there's only a few of us there, you know, compared to what it used to be like. Um, You know, where where Max has decided not to race the next round at at Mm. Uh, Sandown. I don't think he's he's the only one, but it's it's quite sad. I mean, there's amazing cars all around the country that are sitting in garages um, because they're not happy with the way the category is or the the direction of the category, and Mm. I'm not. Involved in that side of things, but it's there's obviously some upset car owners and team owners um, because they're not willing to take their pride and joy out and go races. Mm.
0: Too many bloody really rules. And regu- bad, too, bad. too many rules and regulations. Just let them race for God's sakes.
1: Well, it's like you know they put the, the ban pro drivers from the sprint yeah. races this year. That was going to be the answer, and that just did cool. absolutely nothing. You know. And, they changed the format for Sandown, and no one even knew about it. So, um, yeah. it's it, like I said, I'm not involved in it, but um, from that side of things, but there's a clear uh, problem there because no one is going to basically attend the next round. So, there's there's got to be a change, you know. There's, people want to race these cars, no doubt about that. Um, recently, I've raced overseas with Adrian Deep in the Lamborghini and Cameron so Conville, we went and did a race in Suzuka because, you know, it's an iconic circuit, it's an amazing event. Um, and because, you know, Adrian would rather do that sort of event than spend similar money and do stand-down and, and have, yeah. you know, short races and, you know. So there's problems yeah, the there that for sure.
3: Mm.
0: Final one from me, Tony. You're the happiest you've ever been in motor racing. You get the opportunity <laughs> to drive so many different cars. You're in the the Honda, a supercar. You're in uh, a, a Lotus of G's when you were in the uh, the Australian uh, uh, yeah production That's, cars. Yeah. Thank you. Last year you've driven yeah. Ferraris, Lamborghini, everything. Is it the happiest time uh, in your motor racing period? Oh, for sure. I mean, a
1: purple patch. It's you know, there's great opportunity, and I have to, I do have to pinch myself, especially with the, the DJR stuff, you know, um, great team, love, love the team. Um, you know, and, and lucky enough to be, to be everything that I'm driving um, is a world-class vehicle. So that's really cool and I'm, I'm very fortunate. And to be honest, you know, years ago when we were a privateer team and struggling and not sure what we we're going to do next year, you know, I never thought that I'd be doing what I'm doing now. Um, but uh, you know, there's a lot of work that goes in the background and um, you know, I'm always pushing pretty hard to try and make things happen so I wouldn't say that I'm sitting here and um, people are knocking down my door uh, come and drive my race car um, there's a lot of work that goes on to try and make these deals happen and um, it's very fortunate so i got to make the most of it while I can
0: Uh, We're very fortunate too, mate, that you allowed yourself to spend some time with us and have a chat. The next round of the TCR Championship is at Sandown in two weekends time, the 20th to the 22nd of September, part of the Shannon's Nationals there. And then, of course, just a couple of weeks after that, the supercars race around Mount Panorama. Big few months coming up for you, mate. We wish you all the best with it. And once again, thanks for your time today. Um, My pleasure, guys. Thanks very much. Tony Delberto joining us here on The Grid. it was great to have a chat there to tony d'alberto also good to have a chat to this man who joins us from the racetalk.com mark walker g'day to you specs dale
3: looking forward to a bit of you racing action this weekend.
0: Yes, it should, yes, be, it's,
2: should uh, be fun. Re- really great track, isn't it? I mean, we've all been there many times and uh, it is one of the old-school tracks that the Civic Cars go to. It's fast, it's bumpy, it's it's just a wild place and the Kiwis get behind it probably because half the field that can win the thing are all Kiwis. So um, it's always just an awesome event and uh, it's an old-school track track. Um, Always love going there, so I'm sure that we're going to get some fireworks this weekend.
3: It really reminds me of a lot of lakeside raceway. You know, it's narrow, it's fast, it's bumpy. If there's a problem, you fix it by putting a fence in the way. Um, there's a lot of consequences there if you do make a mistake. Um, the bump's going to turn one a massive, and I think that's going to be a bit of a telling factor this weekend. You can give the Holdens all the parity in the world that they want, but are they going to be able to deal with those bumps? And that's going to be... I think what is going to decide either way in favour of the Holdens or the forwards.
0: Well, Mark, I'm glad you brought that up. We'll start that off with our first topic of the weekend heading into it, the new parity changes for Holden, which were requested by uh, the team out there at Triple Eight and approved by the Commission. This has gone definitely beyond a joke now, hasn't it?
2: Oh, look, this is the, the floodgates were open early in the year. But the rules have always said they can do this. That, you know, we shouldn't. We shouldn't, for a moment, suggest that the supercar operations manual said that this couldn't happen. It just hasn't happened. Um, but you know, the 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 Nissan got a little bit last round, and the Commodores got a bit more now. And uh, no matter what happens, uh, we are chasing parity, and they will continue to chase it all the way to, to Newcastle if they have to. But every time that uh, that number 17 car hits the track, uh, the parity argument just ramps up because he is really the one that is driving this parity argument because if you take him out of the field, the field is extraordinarily competitive. You know, from from second back to, to 12th, you've got a whole bunch of cars sort of clawing all over each other. So it really is, in my opinion, a bit disjointed because of the, the dominance that Scott is showing this year. So, but it, it, it will, I'm sure it's going to continue,
3: Tony. Mark? Now the thing that, is going to be interesting this weekend for the Holden guys is that they just don't have a baseline to work off with this car. Because, I mean, what, you know, I guess the Mustangs as well, but we know that the Mustangs have been approved in package on the fast circuits. We saw it at Phillip Island and then, bang, they did it again at and Bend. But they're coming to this round with a package that hasn't seen the race truck before. Um, obviously, they've got the single spring change as well. So there's a few little things in there that they're going to have to take a bit of a stab at, have an educated guess. It might it might work for them. It might absolutely work for them. It might be exactly what they need to bring them up to speed on these fast and flying tracks. But you know that that opening practice is going to be very very telling.
0: Yeah, well, it certainly is. There's no doubt about that. The other point that I think is quite pertinent for this weekend is that opportunity of running a sprint round before our first of the enduros, which becomes Bathurst. It's been okay when you've been able to run a sprint round before Sandown because you've been able to then. Bed some stuff in for Sandown before Bathurst. Teams don't get that opportunity to do that this weekend, or I suppose, do they? Will there be any teams that are willing to forgo a decent result at Pukekohe to try and get it right for Mount Panorama a few weeks later?
2: No. There'll be no-one doing that because pretty well every team on the grid has saved their last test day uh, for post-Pukekohe. So when the cars get back, I, I think you'll find that most teams that have one up their sleeve will, will put their test day in, and that will be their enduro test. It's traditionally been the way it's been done before sandown. I know that time's going to be a bit tight uh, getting the getting the cars back, but I would say that there will be a flurry of testing um, before uh, the load of Van Panorama. Um, you know, I know that, that uh, Alex Primar will be here uh, beforehand, so I, I think that's the time when they do it. Let's see, the cars will be will be dialed in. The bookie. Is is one of those, as Mark said, it, it, it's a circuit that that is you couldn't you couldn't possibly think I'm going to get my my my, some, my info for there to go to the mountain. It's 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 chalk and cheese. And the the, the, the interesting thing, as you mentioned about the Commodores as well, is that yes, the ZB did race there last year, and uh, uh, but it goes back as a very different car. And I think that's that's the, the telling point is that the, it, it may as well be a new car in some respects, although a, a lot of the teams keep denying it. Uh, the, the single biggest thing that's happened to this car has been the spring charge. And uh, it, it keeps tending to rear its head um, where these cars just don't seem to be able to dial themselves
3: in. It's a bit of a different vibe this weekend, lads. Like typically, when it was run after the Enduros, everyone was just a bit knackered. You get over there, you're a bit drained after the Gold Coast, after all those big Enduros. This year, you're still a bit fresh from these... Uh, sprint race coming into the pointy end of the season so it's a bit of a different vibe uh you're getting from everyone heading into the weekend the other thing too to keep in mind is that being a flyaway event there's no tire bank being used everyone's got fresh boots from practice number one so yeah uh, there's yep. no excuses there's no hiding behind tires being a factor this weekend if you're off the uh down the bottom of the time chart uh you're there for a reason
0: one of the interesting stats that I saw uh, during the week, gentlemen, is the fact that uh, this is the seventh running of the Jason Richards Memorial Trophy, Pukakowi. It was introduced, of course, in 2013 after the passing of Jason. Since that time, though, Jamie Winkup's the only multiple winner, so it has been a track that has thrown up a few surprises. Yes, it has, Tony, it's for sure that the...
2: Um you know, I, I think that there is going to be a lot of pressure on DJR Team Penske. They've done particularly well there with with the FGX over the years. Uh, their battle last year with uh, with AAA was fantastic to the point where um, Scott couldn't even get out of the car when uh, <laughs> when decided to to park next to um, Look, I think there's probably a couple of teams that we we keep an eye on this weekend. Um, Tony D'Alberto's just mentioned Brad Jones Racing. They can do things at tracks that you think, boy, where did that come from? Um, that's a team that could pop up at any track and and, and annoy, annoy the the top five. Um, after that, you, yeah, I mean, we're, the 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 Shore team, we're still the big question over the sponsorship woes there, of course. Uh, GRM the same. Nissens, um, you know, again, often Friday you go, whoa, wow, they they look like they're on the pace, or a couple of them could be on the pace, or alternatively they're off the pace, if they come on strong on Sunday afternoon, but. Once you leave that that top four cars, you've really then got to look at the Tickford group, um, and they could be the, they could be the fly on the ointment this weekend. Um, they're they're coming on strong. Will Davidson's doing a great job? Chazzy's doing a great job. As is Cam Waters. Um, so you have to think that 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 the the battle really is with with the, the Tickford group, and of course the two protagonists Triple uh, Eight and uh, and and DJ Sampensky. But this track does lend itself to great racing. Uh, you know, even the modifications they made, which a lot of people, you know, really got a, a bit hot under the collar about at the end, of the end of the back straight, has made for a great passing opportunity and, and it, it, it really just brings the, the whole thing to life. So if, if you throw a couple extra Mustangs in there with uh, with Fabian and um, and Scotty, uh, the Triple Eight cars, you know, we might have a top 10 that's absolutely really, really on fire. And of course, don't forget uh, the best performing um, Holden team, of course, there is Erebus. Um, but a lot of Kiwis racing for, for National Pride over there this weekend, so uh, <laughs> the, the, the top five could will be a whole bunch of Kiwis.
3: Yeah, one to keep an eye out, I reckon, is Fabian cool card. He's off a couple of tough rounds by his yep. standards, and I mean, he still wants to keep his place up there at P2 in the point standings. He you know, wants to prove a point in that he's got his number two, you know. And he's coming off two very tough rounds after the in the last couple of years. That team's had some massive rebuilds there after that rollover and that big shunt coming onto the pit straight. Like, that corner's really been hard on him in the last couple of years. But yeah. even then, you look at Triple Eight. Like, they had that big rebuild there with Lambie a few years ago uh, when he had the tire let go yes. down the end of the yeah, main that- straight. So there's plenty of places that this joint can bite you. and. You know, they're sort of spares limited, too, being a flyway, They've only got the container there with whatever they've packed from home. So hopefully, fingers crossed, they can all get through Friday and Sunday unscathed and, and ultimately get through Sunday unscathed so they can have an easy build-up in the Bathurst.
0: It's funny you, it's funny you mentioned the uh, Kiwi drivers wanting to win there in New Zealand. Uh, currently, the stats say that the Australian drivers have been more successful. 25 of the 40 races at Pukekohe have been won. By Aussie drivers, uh, Rick Kelly, boys, only four drivers ahead of him in the um, most amount of start stakes in Supercars. He goes around for his two hundred and fiftieth over at Pukekohe. Been a, a fantastic driver since he debuted in two thousand and one, hasn't he? Oh, he has. Tony's been
2: one of the, one of the real, you know, greats of this category. It's always sad to see, you know, a championship winner. In a position they're in, I, I, you know, I think he 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 can mix it still. Uh, he's still a very, very talented driver. Uh, Andre Humgartner has certainly shown in that team that if he can pick the car up and throw it around by its neck, it can be competitive. But it's competitive for the bottom half of the top ten. That's the problem. So yeah, I think I think Rick would be would be loving to to get into something. And the rumors are around that uh, uh, Mustangs could be on the horizon for that team. Uh, there is certainly talk about it that uh, they they are in. Deep discussion both internally and I assume externally that uh, they have to look at a package for 2020 and onwards. Uh, one of the things, of course, that, is that there is also rumour that they might uh, drop it back to two, and that would that would almost certainly be Rick and Andre Heimgartner. Uh, but whatever happens, yeah, I, I think you, you don't like seeing championship winners uh, and people that, that have raced at that level and have that record. Um, you know, that aiming for probably the best result of T5. It's, it, it's it's not something the championship really wants. Not to take anything away from the teams that are, that are dominating, but the, the Nissan is, does not look like a race winner to me at, at any point this season.
3: I don't know where these rumours about the two-car deal at Nissan keeps coming from, because the whole setup there is based around having four cars. Like, they've got yeah. a full yeah. manufacturing set-up there for four cars, and that's why they wouldn't go to the Commodore, because all the Commodore bits have to come out of Triple A. for the right. preferred supplier, So yeah.
2: they wouldn't... Yeah
3: go to that, they'd go to the board because they can still produce a lot of the parts in-house there. So they're sort of set up for cars, so I don't see how the economies would work by just slashing back to two. Uh, that aside, Rick Kelly, top like out of all the guys I've ever dealt with on a PR level. I reckon he's an absolute ripper. Uh, it's sort of funny with his social media, and everyone secretly likes him. Like, they don't want to be seen to be a Rick Kelly fan, but they actually do like <laughs> him because he is absolutely great value. And it's a good like call. his social stats are very funny to see that people they don't want to actually like his page, but they love what he does. So, uh, well done, Rico. Good uh,
0: It's important to get a, a good start, especially in qualifying at, at Pulca Coe. Uh, most of the winners have come from the front, haven't they, gentlemen? And that normally lends itself to the the more powerful cars.
2: Yeah, it has done. That. And look, it's, it's the it's a sort of track that you're going to see twelve, thirteen, fourteen, sixteen cars within six tenths of a second. So it's Except not 40. as though it's <laughs> it's not as though that you're going to uh, find the that you've got guys at the back that are you know two point five seconds off off the top. So it it it, it, it lends itself to the fact that you're going to have big freight trains of cars, but the circuit does offer passing opportunities. There's no question about that. It does do it, but you know, we're seeing more and more and more with these cars, that, you know, even the drivers are saying now they're so aero-dependent, that, that the braking distances now are, are quite crazy. And I think, you know, we've, we've been, had a look at a couple of circuits this year on a Friday practice, and you walk down to a 150 or 100-metre 100 mark into a corner, and you just wonder how a car can pass each other, because they're not braking till then. You, you, you know, then you would really need to be taking that braking distance back 100 metres, so you can actually... Beer down the inside. If, if you're, in a, you're in a pack of you know 13th, 14th, or 15th all that tends to happen is you get you get hit up bang at the back and you hit the guy in front of you. So it's um, yeah, this is the, I guess the, the aero problem that motorsport has globally, not unique to supercars, but uh, certainly there's a, there's a lot of freight train racing at this track. But uh, inevitably there is also a lot of cars that tend to have you know very broken bonnets and back ends on these cars at took and uh, I think that's one of the appeals of the sort of old
3: style circuits. I think uh, one of the things we've got to keep an eye on this weekend is that it's quite a short lap, but there's no knockout qualifying. 20 minutes all in both days to yes. shoot out on Sunday. So I yep. think that has the potential to be quite managed there. So uh, you'd want to have everything sorted out in qualifying to make sure you get a good run. You get a good run, yeah, absolutely right.
0: Yeah. Yep. Who wins, boys? Uh, well, I don't need all, the for mine. Don't all jump in at once
3: well, I'd have to say Scott McLaughlin because I really want to go out there and a limb
0: well we had we had a uh,
3: i've been I've been doing
2: the uh, I'm putting Shelby there in my car this weekend uh but i I just have the second suspicion that we might just see uh, one of those red bull uh hold them, just mess it up a bit and, and as as mark said i i agree i think that i think the the, the joker here could well be cool he has to get this thing back on track. Chaz has overtaken him into second place in the championship. Um, they do not want to see uh, Fabian fall at all. Um, he's a, you know, he's a quality driver. They've signed him for another year. Um, he could well be a, a real surprise picker this weekend. And,
3: and the other thing too to keep an eye on this weekend because it's a bit earlier in the year, it's going to be cool. Sort of tops around fifteen degrees. Yeah, and true. I believe Saturday precipitation is on the card, so that could really mix things up.
0: Mm, okay.
1: Yeah. yeah.
3: <laughs>
0: Looking forward to that. And uh, don't forget also, if you're heading over to Coe, make sure you head down to Hampton Downs and tell them Tony sent you. You will uh, get looked after quite well. <laughs> uh, gentlemen, Formula One, an amazing weekend of racing. And, Jewies, uh, we all went to bed on Saturday night after qualifying thinking, what the hell just happened there?
2: Yeah, it's, it's really interesting. We've spoken about this a couple of times in, on recent editions On The Grid, and uh, it's almost as though that, that someone picked Formula 1 up, bashed it around the years, and said, we're not putting up with this anymore. Go and give us some good races. Because this is four on the trot now, and it's just uh, it's scintillating racing. Uh, really, really intense at the front. Um, qualifying was an interesting thing, but you know, once again... Um, it's, it's, it was well known that that tow at Monza is worth point, you know, nearly 0.05 a second. So you were talking about a three or four row grid bonus, if you can get it right. Um, so no wonder everyone was mucking around. I think it became absolute lunacy what occurred. Um, you know, Hulkenberg faking a, uh, oh, I've just locked a brake, I've got to go up the escape road, and everyone else saying, well, I'm just going to wait till he comes back on track. But it, what, what it does, I think, it says qualifying is such an important part of the Formula One weekend. It, it's, it's, the, it's the crescendo on Saturday. It's what brings a lot of people through the gates, you know, even at Albert Park and things, even the they're not going on Sunday, they see some practice, they see the qualifying. It almost says to you that, that we've got it pretty right here. We, we, can, we can run a number of different qualifying sessions with the doctors the knockout thing, which I think is great. Why the hell don't they give them a top 10 shootout?
3: Well the, is, though, yeah, well, the thing is, though, what qualifying across the world is such a scientific thing these days. We've had the exact same deal where nobody wants to go and nobody sets the lap time in NASCAR qualifying. And subsequently, yep. they've had to tweak that to force people to go out there and set a time. and Set a time, yeah. yeah. What my big question for the weekend is, will Mercedes bounce back? It's two, two weekends on the trot where they haven't fired. Are they going to rebound?
2: Well, would think so. I, you, Singapore, you, I don't think you'll see which way they went. Yeah. Um, you know, Ferrari. There's no doubt that Ferrari's got a, a they've, they've got a power advantage, and that's they just haven't used it that well this year. But it's, it's been beautifully played the last couple of rounds. Uh, but I would say Singapore, if, if Hamilton and Bottas don't lock that thing out, I'd be very very surprised. Um, there's always you know a fair chance that Singapore is an accident as well as we've seen many times. But you'd have to think on form. Uh, Hamilton and Bottas will go there as, as favourites in front of it. But you know, I mean, the, the good thing I think from the, from the sports point of view is that Renault was genuinely the next best team on the weekend. Sure, Max uh, had a penalty, uh, but Ricardo drove a great, qualified beautifully, um, yeah, and really drove a great race. Uh, got a fortuitous pit stop uh, with the virtual safety car, which cleared him away from Hockenheim. Um, I loved his comment at the end of the thing, I don't know if you saw that or not, but it, it you wouldn't always go across the line and there's always this sort of rather strange comments coming from cars and potatoes was pizza, pizza, pizza. Yeah. So, uh, you know <laughs> he was clearly enjoying himself and I think that will that will put a spring in his step for the rest of the year and you know, hopefully he can get a couple more. I mean that's really where he is. If he if he can be the fourth, fifth, and sixth in races—that's the best you can hope for. And, and if he can pull a few more off during the year, you know, it'll, it'll it'll end the season for him on a high after what's been a pretty ordinary start for the Renault career. But uh, I, I just can't see Mercedes not bouncing back. Actually, Mark, I just think they're it's it's they're such a good package with these tracks obviously caught him out a bit. Yeah. Well, one more for you,
3: Vettel. Is he cooked? Is he done? Well, Actually,
0: it's 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 that you mentioned that, Mark, because I was going to ask basically the same sort of question, but on the other side, has Leclerc actually? Put his foot down and stamp some sort of authority in this team by what he did in qualifying, and and basically say, well, hang on, I'm actually a contender here. I'm not going to stick to the. Well, team he rules. broke the
2: agreement. He broke the agreement, Danny. And yeah. uh, the agreement was that, that they would they would they do one lead each in in in, uh, in Q three. Uh, admittedly, the end of it was a disaster, but um, he did not honour uh, what is a team agreement. And uh, as Martin Bundle said, he is still part of the team, but he certainly sent a message saying. I may be, but uh, I'm looking for number one. So is Vettel cooked? No, I don't think he is. Um, he's had he's had teammates that have done this to him. Uh, one Daniel Ricciardo did exactly this to him when he uh, last year of Red Bull. He actually destroyed Vettel
3: that year. Um, and Vettel and Adrian, for and don't forget what Vettel did to Mark Webber. I mean, what yeah. what a team order's worth anyway?
2: That's right. Absolutely right. So I think he's. Uh, I don't think he's cooked. Uh, but I think Ferrari has got a new uh, a new hero and uh, they'll fall out of love with him pretty quick if guy keeps doing what he's
0: doing at the moment. No doubt. Boys, always great to catch up with you. Enjoy your weekend watching the action from Puka Coe, and uh, we'll talk again shortly. Thanks for that, Cheers,
2: lads. Mark. See you, guys. Mark
0: Walker and Dale Rogers joining us here on The Grid. This is On The Grid on mypodcasthouse.com. Well, there you have it, Another great episode of On The Grid wrapped up for you. Thanks, Tony Delberto, for your time. Great to have a good chat to you, Dale Rogers and Mark Walker as well. Richard Crowell will be back with the boys next week for our review of what happened at Pukekohe. All that to come right here on The Grid, ploughed by theracetalk.com, with thanks to our great friends at Truck Assist.